a hand, shake them, welcome them. It's already warm in here because of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, righteous Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the warmth of your love, of your presence. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the fellowship of the saints in light. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that in your presence there is liberty. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word that gives light and gives understanding. Father, we ask that you would quicken us to both speak, to hear, to understand, to, to integrate, to embrace your word in a way that brings about transformation. Father, do not allow us to go through the roots and the rites of religion. Help us, Lord, in righteousness to be transformed through your word and your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray especially for those joining us online that you give them grace to really connect, to be focused, to worship, so that the same grace that we enjoy in the auditorium and in Peniel will be theirs in every sense. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give a victory shout to the Lord? Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the King. You know, when you meet somebody who is confident, they always have a reason why they are confident. Confidence is not something that is just pulled out of the air. Some people are confident because they look good. Some people are confident because they have a lot of money in their, in their bank accounts. Some people are confident because they are physically strong. Some people are confident because they have power and they have influence. They can walk into the president's office. What they want happens. But that's not why we are confident. Would you like to know why we are confident? That's the focus of today's message. Why do we have to live confidently? Amen? So we're going to start from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because Paul gives us a glimpse about the, the base and the basis of our confidence. And reading from verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, such confidence we have through Christ before God. And we, we've been listening to a lot around that our confidence is based on our knowledge of God. Can we say that? Our confidence is based on our knowledge of God. The more of God you know, the more at peace you become. No matter what's happening around you or 
to you if you have the right perspective of who God is, you will be fine. The peace that God gives is not only for when everything is hunky-dory. No, the peace that God gives, the Bible describes that it passes human understanding. So when you look at things rationally, you shouldn't have a reason to have peace, but you do. Because it's the peace of God. If you are told that tomorrow you are facing death, it's not reasonable and rational for you to be at peace. But there is someone in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that Herod already killed. So it was not a, an empty threat. Herod already killed James. He beheaded him. Next day was Peter's turn. It says that when the angel came to rescue Peter, the guy was sleeping. He doesn't have mental problems, believe me. He was sleeping because of the peace of God. He was confident that everything is going to be fine, whether I live or I die. That's exactly what Paul said. That Christ will be magnified in my life, whether by life or by death. Hallelujah. And he, so he states in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, such confidence we have through Christ before God. Now that we are competent, not that we are competent in ourselves. Our competence, our confidence it's not because we have achieved. It has very little to do with us. And so, when you see someone talk and serve God confidently, don't look at them. Don't look at them after the flesh, the Bible describes. Because that's not where it's coming from. You will miss it if you do. It's not because they are millionaires or billionaires or have enterprises that they are confident. Their confidence is through Christ before God. Hallelujah. Because that's where it matters. That's where it matters. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are, we are attempting to answer the question, why? Why should we live confidently? Amen. Amen. Psalm 23, verse 1 and verse 6. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if you can see that today. If you were given a piece of pen and a paper to write a personal psalm, would you be able to say something like this? The Lord, not a Lord, the Lord meaning the ogakbatakbata of everything, the Lord, the one that opens and no one can shut, the one that speaks and things happen. Hallelujah. The one that spoke and the universe came into being. That one, the Lord, he's personalized. That that one is my personal carer. That personally he takes care of me. 
So why should I want? The youth president, Ike, says it this way. It says, he said, if I need it, then I have it. If I don't have it, then I don't need it. Because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So our confidence has to be relationship-based. Has to be relationship-based. The Lord is my shepherd conveys sufficiency. Sufficiency. We have to develop that mindset that because I have the Lord, I have everything that I need. We have to live and walk by faith. The devil may come and say, ah, you say the Lord is your shepherd and you're walking under the rain. You say the Lord is your shepherd and you're not feeling well. All those are temporary facts. There was a time period between when the president, the current president, was elected, let's not go into the details of that, and when he assumed office, okay? If you went to him and said, ah, you say you're the president, you're not the president, what would he say to you? In fact, some people said it to him. What, did, what was his response? It is my turn. It is my turn. The people have voted whatever way they did. They have made their choice. The Lord has already chosen you. Amen? The Lord has already... No, whether you walked to church under the rain today, whether your body is telling you that everything is not well, the truth is that you have everything you need because you have the Lord. Can you say that? I have everything I need because I have the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, fear is an emotion that we experience all of us from time to time. And fear has two chief sons. The fear of the unknown, because we don't, we're not omniscient. We don't know everything. So we are concerned, how, how, how? School fees, how? Children, how? Ministry, how? So the enemy capitalizes on those things and sows suggestions that will put us into slavery by fear. But the other thing that we are usually afraid of is what others think. Is what others think. Let's look again at the Psalms and see. We've already covered what David said. That I, I am not afraid of the unknown because I know that everything will be fine. See how he addresses the other fear. It says in Psalm 27 and verse 1, the Lord 
Uh, doesn't he have something else to talk about? <laughs> the Lord, the Lord. The, what you talk about consistently reveals where your confidence lies. Hallelujah. If you go to the king, David, what you will hear is the Lord. This is a guy that defeated a nine-footer in battle with a slingshot and a stone. You would think he wants to tell you about his conquest. But what does he talk about? The Lord. Or he will start, praise the Lord in his Psalms. Hallelujah. He says in Psalm 27 and verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the one who gives me understanding. He is the one that interprets for me what life is about. The Lord is my light. I see through what the Lord says. If the Lord says, don't go here, I don't go. If the Lord says that this is black, even though my mind is saying that this is red, I will say it is black. The Lord is my light. Hallelujah. I don't have my own opinion contrary to what the Lord says. The Lord is my light. And my, that personal pronoun, my salvation. It is because of the Lord that I am safe. It is only because of the Lord that I am safe. Someone, if EFCC is after you, you know that you're in trouble in Nigeria. Okay. Okay, EFCC is just one arm of government under the president. Okay. In David's time, EFCCO, FIRSO, Army, Soldier, Air Force, the president, the king told them, I want David dead. So David was running like a fugitive in his own country. Running like a fugitive. But this is what he's saying. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. Praise God. So for David, that second fear that we all have, ah, how are they going to think about me? David is saying, I don't have that problem. Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will not be caged by popular opinion. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. That's why he was able to dance with the choir. He was king, Why? Because he wasn't afraid of man. And his wife was telling him that, ah, ah, daddy, ah, ah, how can you be embarrassing us like this now? How can you be embarrassing us like this, just dancing and showing all your skirts? And he said, I haven't even started. <laughs> I haven't even started. Amen. 
You know, fear robs us of confident living. Fear robs us of, it deprives us of the confidence and reveals, shows our doubts. Whenever we are afraid, it is an indicator of an area where our faith is not strong. Hallelujah. And the doubt is not in ourselves. If we were of ourselves, then it will be understandable. But we keep saying that we are Christ's. We belong to Christ. We are God's. We are in the church. We are saved. Okay. So because of our testimony, is standing as a witness before us. Whenever we are afraid, we are also saying by our fear that we don't trust God. So it reveals our doubt of God's goodness and integrity. It reveals our doubt that God is good and God will say what he has God will do what he has promised. Amen? Conversely, there is another kind of fear that the Bible says we should have because that fear also takes care of what we are talking about. Look at Proverbs chapter 14 verse 26. If you must fear, because some people say, ah, we are human now. We are human. You know, see, we, fear, they come from time to time. I agree with you. But I'm talking about the one that abides. If you see a car coming at 100 miles an hour, don't say the Lord is my salvation and my strength. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not afraid. And stand there. You go and meet him physically. Amen? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has what? Strong confidence. My goodness. Can we read that again together? In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. So if you want to fear, there is a fear that is good for you. Can we say that? If I want to fear, there is a fear that is good for me. And what is that fear? The fear of the Lord. Why? Because it produces confidence. Strong confidence. Instead of you to be cowering, when you fear the Lord, it makes you confident. And so you see the kind of confidence we're talking about. Hallelujah. Why should we live confidently? Number one, it gives us a vote of confidence in God's goodness, character, and integrity. We are saying, God, you are good. 
God, you will do what you say. Hallelujah. When we live confidently. Hallelujah. When we let go of our confidence, like Hebrews chapter 10 tells us not to, in God and in his word, we're taking sides with the enemy. We're taking sides. We're believing the enemy's lies. Hallelujah. Our confident living bears witness of our belief that God's character and integrity. Hallelujah. Do you remember Job? Job in the Bible. What was the enemy trying to do when the enemy attacked Job? He was trying to steal Job's confidence so Job will get offended with God and retreat in bitterness disappointment and pain and the person that God sent to help Job also helped him along that path curse God and die so I can marry somebody else You're burning now. <laughs> Job, because he feared God, had strong confidence. What did he do? Did he curse God and die? No. <laughs> if you curse God and die, where are you going? To the person you just cursed. Hallelujah. You see that when we listen to our flesh, we always make dumb decisions. Can we say that, please? When we listen to our flesh, we always make dumb decisions. Hallelujah. That's why we should always listen to what the Spirit of God says. It may be difficult. It may be what we don't want to do. But it always turns out to be a wise decision. Just like Job did. Job said to her that you're talking like somebody that's uninformed. You want me to curse God and die? Of course not. So Job, though he didn't understand everything, he knew that God was good. He didn't understand why it was happening, but he knew that God will do what God said he will do. Hallelujah. What was at stake in this whole Job narrative, God's integrity, our perception, or in specifically Job's perception of God's integrity and faithfulness. And the devil was confident because he had gotten ah, our progenitor, Mama Eve, fell for this. You know that God is trying to keep things away from you. That's why you say you shouldn't touch the, the, the fruit. Because he knows that the day you eat it, you'll be like him. You'll be smart like him. She fell for it and went to eat it. So he had seen strong people fall. So he went to God and said, ah, Job, it's because you have protected him. You've given him grace. You've given him money. You've given him power. Everything you've given him. Just remove them. You'll see whether he won't curse you. God says, you have permission. Go ahead. 
God knew better because he knew what he had done in that man. Hallelujah. Just as he knows about you. Hallelujah. Whatever is happening to you, God has already weighed it. He knows that with his grace, you can handle it. Hallelujah. You can handle it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says, There is no temptation or trial that is not normal. The word is common. But God is faithful that with the temptation, he will provide you a way of escape so that you will be able to what? Run away from it? No, bear it. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 13. Hallelujah. So is there an area in our lives where we are retreating in shame, retreating in fear, retreating in pain, retreating because the enemy has convinced us that, ah, if God loved you, why would this be happening to you? If God loved you, how come you can't get school fees? For your children, what should you tell him? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. It's just a matter of time. The Lord is my shepherd. Whatever I need, I have. The Lord is my shepherd. Whatever I need, I have. Hallelujah. Don't retreat in disappointment. Don't retreat. Don't pay attention to the enemy. Jesus said that he is the father of lies. Everything, when the devil lies, he's speaking in his own native language. It comes naturally. How do you know when he's talking to you? Because it never lines up with what God wants for you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that when we know God by his word, that our minds become aligned with his thoughts, his values, then we are able to prove, we are able to tell, we are able to agree that God's will is good, always good, that his will is reasonable or acceptable, and that his will is Perfect, unimprovable. Do you have something better than that? Even with all the enemy's lies, can he come up with something that can compare with that? Hallelujah. The best Satan has leads to destruction. Hallelujah. Leads to death. Praise God. So Satan was confident that Job would buckle if he put enough pressure on him because he had seen it happen to many people before Job. Even our mother Eve. But God knew better. Our knowledge of God's character and integrity is of first importance. It's of first importance. Faith will be tested. Can we say that together please? Faith will be tested in order for it to be genuine. 
Peter said that the genuineness of your faith, being tested and being more precious than precious materials like gold, will be found to the praise and glory. Is my faith under test praising God? It ought to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can God count on us not to throw away our confidence when things happen? Hallelujah. Confident living gives proof to the enemy of his impending destruction. First, Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. And to the saints, validity and surety of our coming salvation. So the enemy knows his day is coming. Because it's kind of like it, it, an exchange in roles, an exchange in outcomes. As we are being rewarded, he is being punished. As we are going to heaven, he is going to hell. And confidence is a way that we live to remind ourselves and him that that's what the future holds. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. Paul says that this will prove to the enemy that their destruction is looming and to us our salvation. Hallelujah. Those of us that watch football, even fans of the football teams are very confident, outspoken. Why? Because their teams have been winning. Amen? Our confidence, why should we be confident? Our confidence shows, validates, gives proof that we are on the winning side and we are headed for glory. And it reminded the enemy because it is in verse, whatever happens to us, the opposite is happening to the devil. As we are glorified, he is brought to shame. As we are in heaven, he is going to hell, locked up. As we are being rewarded, he is being punished. Hallelujah. As we live confidently, we continue to say that. We continue to say that in our lives. It strengthens and encourages the faith of others. Can we look at uh, Philippians, same chapter 1, from verse 25 to 26. When Paul was in prison, he refused to cower. He refused to buckle. He refused to withdraw. He continued to preach. What happened? It encouraged the faith of others. Why should we live confidently? It encourages the faith of others. When I see people like Pastor Mentor, when they were going through family members' deaths, going through hardship, going through infirmity, helping people who were, and they were continuing to live confidently. What did it do to us? It emboldened our faith. It emboldened our faith. That, uh, uh, so somebody can face cancer and still stand in faith. 
Somebody can face the death of his spouse and still stand in faith. Somebody can face the amputation of his mom's limbs and still stand in faith. What does he do? It gave us a picture of what confidence is like. Hallelujah. So that now, now, when we look at our bank accounts and it's not seeing what the school fees is asking, we can still be confident. When we hear cancer, we don't, oh, oh, I'm dead, my life is over, and people are coming to help you. No, we say what the word says. Hallelujah. We speak to the mountain. We don't cower. Hallelujah. Because we walk by faith, not by facts. Hallelujah. The facts change. Hallelujah. Look at the example of Jesus. When Jesus was crucified, or before his crucifixion, all his disciples judged, ran away for their lives. Same guys come to Acts. People that ran away from house girls denied and cursed them out publicly. I don't know the man. Look at the confidence and the boldness. Why? Because they saw his example and then he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus that on the cross the people that he was dying for were jeering at him, spitting at him, insulting him. He was saying, Father, forgive them. Love is a high expression of confidence. My goodness. See how confident. And then he screamed, into thy hands I commit my spirit and give up the ghost. Even in death, look at the confidence. And then he rose from the dead and said, all power. Hallelujah. The word there is exousia. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. My goodness. See how he encouraged the disciples. They wanted to go. He said, no, 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 don't go yet. You wait first until you are empowered. It's good to have confidence, but it's also good to have power. Wait in Jerusalem. Don't go yet. It boosted. See Peter raising people that are dead. His shadow, healing people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Next one. Why should we be confident? Why should we live confidently? It is proof that we know and believe that God loves us. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. First John chapter 4. This is how love is made complete, perfected among us, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. 
when we live confidently, we are attesting, testifying to the reality that we know and believe that God loves us. No wonder Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that I'm convinced that neither death nor life, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, or any other created being or thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why he could sing when he was flogged and thrown into a dungeon. He knows that God loves me. These things are temporary. He says our light affliction, even though they are for a moment, they are working for us an eternal weight of glory. While we look at the things that are not visible, because the things that are invisible are eternal. The things that are visible, observable, are temporary. Hallelujah. Number five, why should we live confidently? Because we are called to walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. Number six, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 1. The righteous, the person who led us in prayers this morning quoted this. The righteous are bold as a lion. What do you think will happen to a lion that is not bold, that is timid, that is not confident in the jungle? He will be dead very soon. In fact, it is people in his pride that will kill him. Immediately they sense that a lion is afraid, the lion is at risk. Because you're not only risking yourself, we are depending on your strength and confidence. Do you know that you also stem from a lion? Is it proper for you out of the lion of the tribe of Judah's stock to live not confidently? Is it reasonable? Because life is throwing things at you and Satan is telling you you will not make it. It's not enough. And all the other lies. Hallelujah. I want you to shake yourself. Get back up. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at the examples of those that have gone before us that live confidently. We've talked about Job. We've talked about Jesus. We've talked about Pastor Mentor. There are many examples. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That lion, if the lion lacks confidence, will also embolden enemy animals to attack it. Because a lion is known to be bold. The lion comes timid. 
before another animal. They will beat it up and kill it. Don't care whether you lie or not. Hallelujah. On Wednesday night, Pastor Mentor covered a lot about the things that distract us, that take away from our confidence. So I've just listed some. I'm not going to go into that. Please look at the Wednesday's message for specific things that take us away from confidence. I've just listed our perception of man's opinions, disappointments, waiting for long. You've been believing God for something, and it still hasn't manifested. Well, if you are convinced that because the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need, then you have everything you need. It's just a matter of time. That will come. If you need it, it will come. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. The enemy cannot trap you into pity party into low living, into unbelief. Why? Because the Lord is your shepherd. Hallelujah. The Lord is your shepherd. In conclusion, what do our lives say about God's character and integrity? What does my life say about God's character and integrity? Is my life saying that God is good? Like we sung this morning. Is my life saying that God will say everything he promises? Is that what my life is saying? Or my life is saying that, ah, I don't know whether God is real though. Like the children of Israel, he brought them through the Red Sea. They enter into the wilderness. They don't see food for three days. All of a sudden, this is our God, this idol. Is it schizophrenia or dementia? I don't, I don't know. The same person that brought you through the wilderness and, and did mighty works in Egypt, all of a sudden, is out of the picture. Now a golden calf is your God. That's exactly how ridiculous we are when we do what the devil suggests. Hallelujah. I would like us to just take some time out. I want us to uh, pray. We have a couple of minutes. I just want you to reflect in your own life. Are, Are there areas in your own life where you have made God small, where you have made God small, where you have cowered and given God's character and integrity a negative image. People that knew you to be Jim Jim in university, in service, do they still know you to be Jim Jim now? Or they're the ones that are counseling you now and praying for you. I want you to talk to God. Has your life begun to give a negative image by your actions or the lack thereof about God's integrity? 
even like Job, I want you to repent. Job did not curse God and die. But Job threw out a lot of questions and arguments. And so when God showed up, Job repented. He said, I've heard about you in the hearing of the ear, but now that I've seen you, I repent in dust and ashes. I would like you to do that. And Job also forgave his friends that were accusing him of sin. Are there people that are accusing you that if you were right, you will not be suffering all these things? If you are really saved, all these bad things will not be happening to you. Forgive them. Forgive them. This is the time. And pray, Lord, I want to know you more than Job did. I want to know you more than Job did. I want to know you more than Job did. Maybe you are here and you don't even know the Lord as my shepherd, as my light. I want you to ask that, Lord, I want you to be my shepherd. Lord, I want you to be my salvation. This is the time for you. Whether you're watching online or you're watching down, or you're downstairs in Peniel or you're up in the auditorium, I want you to pray, Father, be my shepherd. Father, be my savior. Father, be my light. On the basis of what Jesus Christ has done in my place, I accept you. I accept you. I accept your salvation. I accept your light. I accept your perspective. I accept your truth in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you are praying that prayer, there is information on the screen for you. We want you to text forgiven to that number and a pastor will get in touch with you so that we can help you in this journey. Amen? Hallelujah. Can we just thank God and say, surely, surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. God bless you.